Welcome to the 28th episode of the Baseball HQ Eyes Have It podcast. My name is Brent Hershey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Blessing. Chris, it's a Sunday we're doing, we're doing this uh, because of some scheduling conflicts. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great today, Brent. I have had an action-packed weekend, and we threw this up here because I have to go to a day job work conference where I uh, need my continuing education. So I wasn't I, able to uh, record this in Athens on Monday night. More than likely, probably going to do some networking with some other people in my appraisal business. So um, thank you for doing this on Sunday. This is a, a first for us. I'm sure we'll be on another Sunday in the future. Uh, how was your week, Brent? Good. Uh, yeah. It was uh, busy as as usual, um, but uh, exciting. And like I said, we're finishing up some things with the site, which is uh, good. And we'll be announcing those soon. Um, but I'm looking forward to this uh, action-packed podcast we have for this week, uh, including our live look segments uh, when you tackle some uh, guys you saw on high A. Um, but first, we wanted to explore a prospect who has struggled this season, um, and that's Yankee shortstop Anthony Volpe, um, who had a great, I mean, just a fantastic uh, 2021. All the reports were kind of off the charts. Um, we uh, put him in our top 15 in our HQ 100 prospects um, in the list this year. Um, but we wanted to check in with him because uh, he's struggling some. But I know you have some background on Volpe. Um Fill us in on what you have uh, about his signing. Yes. Uh, so Anthony, Anthony Volpe was taken by the Yankees with the 30th pick in the first round of the 2019 draft out of uh, Del Barton School in Morristown, New Jersey. And there at Del Barton, he was teammates with Rangers prospect number two overall pick in last year's draft, Jack Leiter. Uh, the plan for Volpe, just like Leiter, was to go to Vanderbilt. Many teams actually viewed him as a tough sign. Even the Yankees who picked him saw him as a tough sign and weren't sure if he'd sign with them even after they picked him. So they knew they were the only team with a chance to sign him. It was essentially Bandy or the Yankees. It took a lot of convincing and some of this uh, mystique and aura the Yankees tend to have, uh, but they got the job done. So Really, the pitch was simple. They had Jim Hendry, who was the former general manager of the Cubs. You remember Jim? Yeah, I remember the remember the name for sure. Yes, uh, he is currently the general manager. General manager uh, Brian Cashman's special assistant, and so Jim Henry uh, he laid out to him this plan: you could go to school, develop into a top five pick, and make more than the. $2.74 million that the Yankees were going to sign him for, which they ultimately did. But you wouldn't have the opportunity to pick who you want to play for. We kind of saw that with Jack Leiter. Uh, you know, his dad was trying to get him the, you know, to the Boston Red Sox with the fourth overall pick. And uh, the Rangers insisted and gave him a lot of money and stuff. But um, it sounded like the Leiters wanted to go to Boston, but didn't have that chance, of course. 
And uh, this would also mean that you would likely go to a bad team bad in development because like we all know the universal signs of terrible organization is bad player development. You could have it down here like the Red Sox did, but it's been a while since the Rangers have really produced many uh, uh, stars. Uh, they they had some classes in the mid um, 2013, 2014, mid 2000s, uh, 2010s, where, you know, some guys came out, but none of them really produced, like Nomar Mazzara. And I, I guess Joey Gallo would probably be the biggest name of those that, that, that has produced. Uh, so instead of signing with one of those ter- terrible teams, uh, potentially costing millions of dollars salary later in your career, you could sign with the Yankees join an organization with a proven player development system and play for the team you and your family grew up rooting for. He obviously chose to sign with the Yankees, signed for a few million dollars less than he likely would have signed for uh, in the 2021 or in this year's draft, and is now in line to be the Yankee shortstop of the future. Uh, You know, Brent, you mentioned he had a big 2021 season showing gains in his body and in power development. he was always got a guy that was viewed as a high floor contact type, but he was suddenly hitting the ball with launch angles. We see from today's greatest sluggers like Aaron Judge and Pete Alonso, and it's a shortstop who will stick at the position too. So ultimately, a very exciting prospect all of a sudden. Unfortunately, as you pointed out, the start of 2022 in AA hasn't been as kind, Brent. Uh, you watched him this week. What can you tell us about Volpe uh, and where he's at right now? Yeah, I kind of just <clears throat> kind of picked him out to uh, take a look at on video this week um, because of because of the start. Um, beginning of the week, he was hitting just 195 with a 330 on base and a 402 slugging. Um, he had 15 walks. This is through 82 at bats, and you know we're whatever six seven weeks into the season. Um, so I thought it was given that line is not certainly what we expected to see after a great uh, 2021. I thought I'd uh, take a look at um, at his at pretty much every one of his, his at bats this week uh, when he was out at um, in the Somerset. His Double A team was playing Altoona, and um, I, I can see certainly why he's struggling um, early in the week, especially. Um, he did not look good. Um, he didn't look good on breaking stuff. Uh, he re- repeatedly kind of chased low and away sliders. Um, there was times when, uh, you know, uh, when pitchers dropped in first and second pitch curveballs for strikes that he let go, let go by. Um, he missed some hittable fastballs uh, that you would expect a uh, prospect with his pedigree to jump over, uh, jump on. And uh, just in general, you know, I think his his timing uh, was off and just wasn't making good contact. Uh, There were several um, three-pitch at-bats that ended in strikeouts. Um, As the week went on, um, the the, the bats got a little bit better. Um, The results overall were uh, abysmal (laughs) from a stats perspective. Uh, He was two for 27 uh, for this week with nine Ks. He had one walk. And two, those two singles were both infield singles, uh, you know, ones that possibly at a major league level, uh, the plays would have been made. Um, he obviously has excellent speed. 
uh, beat out those two. Um, you know, had a couple kind of uh, hard hit um, balls, uh, a couple kind of liners to the outfield, but for the most of the time, you know, just did not seem that just did not seem in sync. Um, now, as as again, as kind of the week went on, um, the bats later in the week. Uh, he did look more under control earlier in the week. He was, he was several times when he was kind of over swinging, would take a big, massive cut, um, kind of commit early and, and all that. And that was toned down, uh, later on in the week. And that was when he got uh, a couple walks and got on base, uh, that way, uh, some, um, but overall, you know, you can see that, uh, he is, you know, he is struggling some, uh, to make that adjustment. And he's certainly getting, uh, you know, he's getting babbitt to death, too. I mean, his uh, batting average on balls in play is under 200 right now. Um, starting, you know, ending this week, kind of going into the this uh, next series, you know, he's down, though, batting average of 165, 286 on base, 321 uh, slugging. Now, he does, you know, it's not all lost. I mean, he has four home runs so far, and uh, you know, 17 RBI actually is hitting in the leadoff spot and he has 13 stolen bases. So, um, when he gets on, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, with that, with the on base percentage about a hundred points higher than his batting average, even though it's really bad. I mean, you, you see that he's, he's still, uh, still getting on base via the walk. Um, and he's running some, which is, uh, good to see, um, but it's uh, it's it's not been pretty. Uh, he's five for forty-three here in May. Um, I think that uh, you know, again, if you're just looking at the stats, uh, you may kind of have some questions about that. I think it's mainly just uh, adjustment to you know a, a higher le- a level. Um, you know, our our blurbs in the in the minor league baseball analyst talked about his good pitch recognition. Um, being able to lay off, uh, uh, sliders down, you know, sliders down and away, stuff off the plate. And, uh, at least earlier in the week, um, he definitely, uh, was chasing that. Um, and I'm sure he's, you know, I'm sure he is pressing some, uh, and part of that could be due to, like you said, sort of playing for his hometown team. Um, you know, I, I think eventually when, when you're in kind of like a slump this long, it's got to affect you that way. Uh, when you're at this level trying to kind of impress and kind of continue uh, the great steps that you had made before. So, um, so anyway, it was, it certainly was interesting to see, uh, to, to check him out this week and see where he's at. So I got a hold of some stats uh, and first off, um, you know, I can't tell you specifics, but I can say that his 2021 riff with rate, I can tell you that his 2021 with rate uh, was around 20%. Uh, so far this year, it's just under 30%. Uh, so that's a moderate increase uh, from playing last year, low A and high A to double A. And if you looked at his from low A to double A, uh, in low A, he was uh, walking more than he struck out. and. Uh, yeah. That was reversed uh, by a good bit um, when he got to high A. Uh, so, like, there were some signs that the that you know maybe the spin recognition wasn't as good. Just looking at statistics, 
Uh, his 2021 chase rate was just above 20%. And really and truly, he hasn't, um, that that's increased, but it's been a slight increase. It's under 25% for 2022. Um, but here's a good telling story here. Uh, 2022 whiff rate on his fastball, on the fastball is around 15%. Riff, whiff rate on changeup and breaking pitches are around 40%. So you can see that it's it's a lot of pitch recognition stuff. And as the season's worn on, I watched a bunch of clips. Of course, I'm not up in the Northeast, so there's no way I can see him other than clips. And he looks like a guy that is, when he sees a fastball, he, he's almost extending too, too early. I, I shouldn't say almost. He is extending too early. So his bat his barrel can't get around on the ball. So when he makes contact, it's not hard contact on the fastball, um, uh, mostly. It yeah. is straight up in the air. Uh, you know, if he's hitting ground balls, he's hitting them hard. Uh, but again, yeah. like, it's still not off that the the, the label, the bat. We're, we're talking about a guy that's uh, – it. If you remember when you were in Little League or in high school, I, I don't know what everybody's uh, experience level that listens to this podcast. I got up to high school. I never played high school ball, but I played some rep and some district ball. Um, and if you remember when you swung and you hit, you got the barrel and you like it was almost perfect time when you hit the ball. Um, you know, when you hit the ball in front of the plate, uh, you got this nice feeling in your hands and all of that kind of stuff. I'm going to venture he's not getting that feeling in his hands because he's not hitting the ball until the ball's traveling into the zone. And last year we saw a lot of a uh, lot of hits where he was connecting with the ball, especially his home runs to the pull side were all pitches that he connected with out in front of the plate. Uh, so, like, this extension that, that I was seeing in the video, this early extension is causing him not to, you know, get that nice feeling when he swings the bat. Like, most of us never never really experienced, the, you know, we're not minor league or, or major right. league, uh, future major league players when we played. Uh, we were, uh, at best, uh, good high school players, or in my case, I could catch and people you know, like that kind of thing uh, on their team. So... Um, those are kind of what I've seen. I think Brent's right. Uh, this is probably a momentary uh, struggle. This is something that, yes, we're going to monitor for the whole season. But again, high expectations. I do believe that the better days are ahead for Anthony Volpe. Yeah, yeah. And and I'll certainly get some live looks at him uh, throughout the year uh, being up in this area. And I'll be looking forward to um, checking in again. Uh, with Volpe because he's such a high-profile uh, profile guy. Uh, you got to be on the road some last week. Uh, you've got uh, four guys here on our docket to talk about at various uh, points. Uh, the first one <clears throat> I know you're going to just briefly touch on is uh, right-handed pitcher for the Braves, Royber Salinas. Um, I know he's gotten some buzz recently. What can you uh, what can you preview about? Uh, Salinas for us. Yeah, so we're going to use Salinas as my article this week. Uh, last week, my article was literally written at the ballpark of the double-A game uh, where I got to see Brandon Williamson and Michael Harris and Matt McLean and uh, Victor Vodnik, uh, you know, some Reds and some 
some Braves prospects. So this week we're going to be covering the Braves process prospect, Royber Salinas. And Salinas had recently been called up from low A, had a really bad first start. Uh, I got to see him in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, had a really good game um, start that I saw him in. And uh, I'm going to report on that. I can tell you his fastball sat 93 to 97 early. Uh, it backed backed up a bit in velocity as the game got on. Um, and we're talking about a guy, you know, this is his first uh, full season um Full season exposure, so you know, that that sort of thing's not worrisome. Uh, and then they also threw two breaking pitches, and both of them were kind of around the same velocity. They had distinctive uh, movement profiles, and uh, one of them was consistent, one of them wasn't. Uh, he threw a slider and a curveball. We'll have to tune in uh, to see where uh, where I project him. I shouldn't say tune in. I should say, uh, you know, if you're a subscriber to to read the article. Um, and then we'll probably talk about Salinas uh, in more depth once that article is published and once the um, premium audience, you know, kind of gets a, gets their hands and you know, are able to sink their teeth into it. Yep, sounds good. One of the uh, one of the benefits, of course, for our, uh, subscribing to Baseball HQ is to get Chris's uh, written uh, content, which is always uh, comes out every Thursday and always is really good. Um, second guy's a is a uh, teammate of his right now in high A. Um, it's certainly a guy that got some, uh, also some buzz uh, this off season, and not just because of the famous name either. I don't think uh, Vaughn Grissom is a shortstop for in, also in the Braves organization, playing for Rome High A uh, this year. Um, what was your take on checking out Mr. Grissom? Yeah, Vaughn uh, A gets mistaken uh, for uh, famous Grissom. That played for the Braves. Uh, um, he is not related, as far as I'm, I know, of, uh, to Marquise. Okay. Um, I stand corrected. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I had people ask me at the game. Um, at, you know, he's been there for the last year. Uh, uh-huh. Well, I would say about the last ten months. And so I was asked by several fans, even even at the game uh, last Wednesday if uh, he was related to Marquise. And I was like, no, Marquise Grissom Jr. is actually a pitcher for Georgia Tech. And I guess he'd be a draftable pitcher next year's draft. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, uh, there is a Grissom. He is uh, he's, is playing for a team in Georgia, but it's at Georgia Tech. So, um, anyway, Vaughn Grissom was actually a 2019 uh, 11th round pick out of uh, Hagerty High School in Florida. And he was drafted as a contact-oriented bat, you know, kind of a high-floor guy um, for a high schooler in the 11th round. Now, I forget where his commitment was to, but a lot of teams believed he was going to go to that um, and, and take that route to college. Mm-hmm. Braves had some money to spend. Uh, they spent it. And they actually got a lot of later draft picks in the 2019 pit, uh, draft. Um, another one's uh, Bryce Ball. Um uh, who they traded last year uh, to the Cubs for Jock Peterson. And then this was the uh, same draft that they took um, there the, in the third round, Michael Harris, who I wrote up last uh, last week and somebody that we've talked about uh, previously. So it, it the 2019 draft 
probably go down as a really good draft for the Braves. Um, uh, getting draft picks throughout um, that are can contribute. I mean, Jock Peterson ended up being one of the heroes of the uh, World Series team last year. And, right. you know, sometimes the success stories are uh, that you trade a guy uh, like Bryce Ball um, to Chicago. And, and I got to see Ball a few weeks ago, and, yeah, he's pretty much what I thought he was. Um, we talked about him in the podcast last uh, uh, yeah. last year, kind of a 4A type dude. Um, but anyway, anyway, Von Grissom, I think what Pete got people excited last year is he had a run when he got to Rome. Uh, which is high A after having a very successful season at uh, low A, where he, uh, you know, in his last 12 games, uh, he hit two home runs, he had a bunch of dirt, uh, two home runs, two doubles, um, and just seemingly was on base the entire time. Uh, I got to see one of those games uh, then, and really, truly, not much has changed. Yes, his body has filled out some. Um, but he's still a guy that, to me, is a contact-oriented bat. Uh, he has a short, compact uh, swing, despite his six foot three height. Um, well, once you get to six foot three, you tend to see guys, uh, you know, have holes in their swing because of longer limbs. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, we talked about a guy last week with shorter limbs, uh, Zach Galloff, uh, despite being six foot three. And that's not the case with uh, Grissom. Grissom just has. Uh, very smooth mechanics at the plate. And he is also a guy um, that uh, so far in high A has uh, um, barely struck out. Um, yeah. I mean, he struck out 16 times this year in 29 games. Last year, he struck out five times in 12 games. I mean, uh, he's a guy that's been able to cover the entire strike zone, um, up, down, Left, right, and, you know, you don't ever, you don't necessarily see that in today's game. A lot of guys end up being, you know, pull conscious, so they're looking the inner half, and they're, you know, really kind of just below the belt type hitters. And this is the guy that fell up down. And in the game the other night, got a perfect example of that. So uh, when he got three hits, um, but uh, so it's a mostly linear swing. It's an open upright you know, kind of uh, stance. He, he does bend his knees a little. It's not like, uh, it's mostly upright. It's not really kind of a crouch type deal. Uh, he has a pretty, uh, you know, good sense of the strike zone. He, he does uh, square himself up really well. Um, and he has an offense approach um, to go with really good zone recognition. And uh, we're not just saying like good zone res- recognition for double for high A, this is good zone recognition that's going to follow him. It's not like a case where people are intimidated to throw to him and aren't giving him hittable pitches. Uh, Like so far in his minor league career, like last year in 87 games, he hit seven home runs. So far this year, he's hit three home runs. So he's on pace for for some more home runs this year than compared Mm -hmm. to last year. But again, linear swing. So uh, he's a guy that what makes me excited for him is again um he's a dude that that covers that whole plate so uh with everybody throwing these high fastballs uh he's a guy that's kind of feasted on um this linear swing getting uh you know which creates tons of top spin and that's why the home run numbers aren't aren't better despite the size i I think that i think that power will come i just don't think it's going to be above average power um but if it's if it's a hit tool with with about average power. We're looking at a guy that um, at other places, he 
For me, he doesn't really um, stay at short. I don't think he has the range to do that. He yeah. is fundamentally sound, though. Um, so, like, just because his reactions don't allow him to get to to um, to some of the balls, and um, maybe um, you know he has maybe average um, run speed. I think he got an average run time off of him twice in the first uh, four weeks, five weeks of the season. Uh, so, like, to me, it, it fits at second or. If the power can develop even more, if it's at third base. Uh, but again, you know, the power carry at third base is so great that right. uh, I don't know if this guy necessarily is that um, that sort of hitter to be able to do that. Um, it, it, maybe if it was another organization, I'm like I don't want to uh, slay the Braves for their uh, for for anything. You know, obviously, they are well known for developing bats. But one thing we haven't seen yet, but that one thing, and we haven't seen it with Michael Harris, and I also mentioned that in the article uh, that that I wrote, is we haven't seen him do the job adjusting uh, swing trajectories to get to uh, lofted contact. Um, the guys that we've seen that sort of thing, we've seen guys develop it in the major leagues through the major league hitting coaches, but then on almost every case, whether it's Stansby Swanson, I'm throwing out Ronald Acuna. Acuna's a freak. Um, he's on his own thing. Yeah. He's on his own, but uh, also Ozzy Albies, too. So Dansby Swanson and Ozzy, Ozzy Albies. Um, the gains that they uh, they received from their swing trajectory uh, being more uppercut, um, they lost almost, I mean, Dansby's lost a lot on this hit tool. Uh, so, like, that's, that's one of my concerns. Um, when I see Vaughn Grisham, I actually see um i guess what we thought we were going to get with dansby swanson uh high contact guy got to spread the ball around that kind of deal um so my hope here is this develops into a second base type uh or at, at worst a second base type i think this guy has a high floor this guy's a major leaguer this guy's probably uh, you know a several year major leaguer he's athletic enough to play multiple positions i think you could work him out in the outfield as well like uh if you wanted like a super utility role um but to me this guy's a second baseman you know who will hit for high average get on the base a ton and like in the traditional sense in lineup construction your traditional lineup construction this is a number two hitter Maybe in today's game, it's the number one hitter because the way he gets on base. Um, uh, he has five stolen bases this season. Uh, again, I'm. It, it's mostly instinctful. We we also have some some step off rules, uh, limits on um, times guys can throw over. Um, right. So like, it, it's hard in the lower minors to really judge um, to judge whether stolen base numbers are real. But I, I'm I'm going to say this guy has average to maybe above average speed on the, on the bases and some some instincts. So um, to me, I don't think the superstar because I've got thrown out some places this year, and I can understand why. It's, it's uh, from from evaluator to evaluator that kind of changes. Uh, but I don't see a future superstar here. But I do see a guy that uh, that is a major league regular, and I would say his floor might be a super utility type. But this guy's a high floor, and you don't normally see that. So yeah. um, I think I could throw an eight C on him now. Um, but I really do believe he's like that seven A, seven B type guy when he gets to the major leagues uh, yeah. in an on base percentage league, and maybe even on the Braves, you know, a good offensive squad. 
uh, where he can get on base a lot in front of guys like Acuna and Olsen or, or whoever's going to be in front of him at the time. Um, like definitely a guy that could fall into an eight category in regular regular divisions as well. Regular, regular divisions <laughs> in regular uh, formats as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the the stat line, the thing that sticks out to me is the, um, you know, his, uh, he almost has as many walks as he does uh, strikeouts um, this year, 16 strikeouts, 15 walks uh, through these 29 games. And uh, yeah, just the on-base percentages, like you said, uh, up over 400 in the past, uh, both last year and this year. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, given his build, like you said, if, if there's any more power that comes uh, into that frame, and if not, certainly seems like a um, you know with that hit tool seems like a possible uh, contributor to uh, yes. major league club and to fantasy teams across the line. So uh, that's great. Thanks for that on uh, Grissom, and and now I know for sure that he's not related to Marquise, which is <laughs> which is which is good, uh, and it's also good to know that I'm not the only one who has made that uh, that wrong assumption. Uh, let's move on to uh, a couple of Chicago White Sox you got to see. Uh, first is a right-handed pitcher, Andrew Dahlquist. Uh, Dahlquist it was, a, I think, a third-rounder in the 2019 draft, so comes uh, with some pedigree. Uh, the numbers say he's kind of struggling so far this year through six starts, um, but uh, interested to uh, what you had to say about what you, what you saw uh, in the outing from Andrew Dahlquist. I, th- I think if you've listened to me or read uh, my articles, I haven't been uh, um, bashful at any point about White Sox development. Um, and so the 2019 draft um, featured a second round pick, Matthew Thompson, and not the Matthew Thompson that's at Prospects Live, a friend of ours, uh, but Matthew yeah. Thompson, an athletic uh, right hander who's also pitching for the same high A team, Winston-Salem, unfortunately. I missed his start this week, but got to see him again in Arizona last year. And yes, uh, um, that was the second round pick. The third round pick was Andrew Dalquist. Uh, and uh, Scout the Scout, 2019-2020 at extended spring training. Um, it was funny talking to him because one of them had Dalquist higher. Next one would always have Thompson higher. Um, they were very much in the same little bucket of, of yeah. guys. Uh, Thompson's having a good season. Um, Thompson's kind of like a fastball, curveball, primary pitcher, um, Does has better stuff overall, um, and looks like he's learning to pitch. Uh, Dalquist comes as a guy that um, hasn't – like if, when you watch him, you're very um, – I don't know what the word would be. I wouldn't say disappointed at the rent walk rate because I don't like using things like disappointed at, uh, about prospects. But like, yeah. I, I saw him warm up and I was like, this is a guy that has like a 1.7 something width so far this year and like walked everybody last year. And I was kind of like, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, uh, it seems like a fairly repeatable three quarters delivery. Um, he's a guy that he's 21, he's six foot one. You know, about average size for a starter these days. Um, and uh, 175, which is kind of on the slight side. Um, 
Delivery is very, very easy. As I said, three quarters delivery, um, you know, repeats well. Um, I, I can also tell you that nothing really stands out um, from the delivery to even his pitches. Uh, he's a th four pitch pitcher. Um, I mostly saw three pitches out of him. Uh, below average velocity on his fastball is at 90-92. He touched 93 a couple times. Uh, but he stuck at 90-92. Um, he moved the fastball around the plate a bunch, um, not necessarily swing and miss pitch. So um, he had to be very fine with the pitch against a lineup with really only two guys that are, um, I would say, potential major leaguers um, in the lineup, uh, including Grissom, who got two hits off of him. Um, you know, not necessarily the best lineup and still couldn't put a, put anybody away with the pitch. Uh, I think he got a swing and miss up, um, and I think that was just from a guy with a really bad swing trajectory, not necessarily that he got it uh, riding away from him. It's an arm side running action on the pitch. Um, again, just below average velocity, um, and, and the body, it, it just doesn't seem like he could like there doesn't seem to be much more strength in that body. He's going to have to put on some some pounds, and I don't know. Like, I, it just doesn't seem like a body type that's going to put on um, the amount of muscle that that you would probably need to generate more velocity. Um, but uh, maybe uh, maybe with a better player development group, um, that could happen. Who knows? Um, throws two second, pretty much two secondary pitches. There's an 84 to 86 uh, type. Uh, slider, but it, it sometimes has very early movements, so it's kind of predictable. Um, it is a pitch that, that teams, I, I would say hitters have teed off on in the past. I, I didn't quite see that in this game. Uh, he also throws a 75 to 77 curveball. It's uh, kind of like an 11, 11 to 6 um, break. Uh, it's the best of the two breaking pitches and probably the best pitch overall. Um, but again, when I say best pitch overall, we're talking about 50 uh, uh, average, which is 50 grade on a 2080 scale to 55, which would be above average on the um, 50 on the 2080 scale. And without an overpowering fastball, why would anybody really want to try to offer it a curveball unless they, they can't uh, read the spin of it? So, um, you know, kind of gets damaged by having that lack of uh, fastball. And then he also throws a changeup. Uh, didn't get velocity. I only used the gun for a few innings, uh, but saw the pitch. Um, and it's it's it has some legs to become a below average pitch, a workable pitch. But that's about it. Um, so in the White Sox organization, we'll probably be hearing Dalquest again in MLB um, 2023 next year. Um, mm -hmm. Just because you've got to cover as many White Sox guys with the chance. But if you're looking for a better pitcher in that organization, um, there's uh, uh, Vera, um, there's um, uh, Thompson, who we've mentioned, and then there's also Sean Burke, who had hoped would be pitching Wednesday, but he actually went on Thursday. I was in Athens for graduation, so I wasn't yeah. able to go to that. So, um, but overall, like, it, uh, I'd probably throw a 7D just because the mechanics are good. And if, if the body can can develop, maybe 7E, probably 7E. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, if this doesn't show growth uh, by the end of the year, this profile, it probably falls into the sixes for yeah. our rating system. Yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, overall, like I said, the, the numbers don't look uh, real good so far. Still um, just high A and long season and all that, but uh, good to know that uh, what you see with uh, your eyes pretty much backs up the kind of mediocrity of uh, being kind with an 8.25 ERA um, that we can uh, that we can talk about. Uh, lastly, staying with the Sox, uh, Brian Ramos is a uh, third young third baseman, uh, I believe originally from Cuba. Um, tell us about what you saw out of Brian Ramos. So Ramos was maybe the most exciting prospect that I saw during the weekend, um, uh, during the week. Um, I, I mean, I, I've seen Grissom a bunch, so uh, I don't want to take that away from him. And I, of course, saw Michael Harris a bunch last year, too. So he's a guy that I only saw one other time, and that was in the Arizona Instructional League last year. Uh, saw him at a 10.30 a.m. game over in the Glendale Complex. Uh, you know, the, the best time to play baseball is 10.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and he struggled against some uh, some really good Dodger arms that day. So, like, I wanted to throw that out, uh, essentially. Um, uh, I saw a guy that was obviously, and this was a knock on him um, in Arizona, um, in 2020, when people watched him at instructionals, um, scouts watched him at instructionals, they kind of had a wild approach and stuff. And um, so far this year, he's slashing 300, 366, 473 with four home runs, uh, 22 strikeouts and nine walks. Um, and more, more so than anything, I think the walks are a product of guys like just uh, kind of avoiding him more than him, you know, taking a close pitch here and there type feel. Um, it's a, the swing, I, I love the swing actually. And I think that's why, uh, why we're covering him today and why I'm uh, continually excited. So I got some scouting reports on him in the 2020 from Instructional League when, you know, finding any sort of information on any prospect was hard because yeah. the whole season had been shut down. And right. he was really the only exciting hitter at White Sox camp that, um, that nobody knew about. Um, so, like, I, I ended up ranking him in my top 15 that year. Um, thank you to the two scouts that, that got to see him and helped me with that. Because um, they both were like, yeah, the only guy I saw was Brian Ramos. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, a bigger guy, um, you know, in the sense that he's, he's fairly developed right now. He's listed at 6'2", 225. Um, he's played mostly third base in his career, although last year he had some time at second base. I don't see that time at second base, uh, um, being a thing. Um, I think he was thrown there because of another player that was also deemed about, uh, you know, at the same level by the White Sox. Um, it is a, uh, very compact swing. For being a six foot two, two twenty five guy, that's obviously trying to murder the ball. Um, he has a very, very uh, short, compact swing. Uh, his uh, it's an open stance. He's upright with his knees a little bit bent. Uh, doesn't get really in a crouch or anything. Um, and uh, it's a very his his hands are already back, so it's a very, very short trigger. Um, He's still not necessarily using his lower half consistently. 
um, when he swings to pitch, so, but he's still getting incredible bat speed. So as he is uh, developing further, I mean, he is right now, uh, what, age 20 years old in, in a very advanced league. So we're, we're looking at a guy in a very advanced league for, for his age. Uh, yeah. He's uh, about three years younger than the average guy that I see. So, um, you know, this is a guy that uh, power will come because uh, it's just he's just a very powerful, powerful, nearly stocky build type deal. Um, but he's also a guy that should um, have the power carry at both third base and, and his most likely position will be first base. Um, defensively, he's not the greatest guy in the world, but I, I have a feeling the White Sox will try him as much as possible at there, especially um, with, um, you know, <laughs> let's just be honest. They, they um, you know, have Andrew Vaughn playing everywhere but first base. So um, <laughs> right. they obviously don't value defense too highly. So uh, at third base, this guy's, um, this guy's pretty good prospect and um, I wouldn't consider him a top 100 guy at this point, but I could continue. I could see him as the top White Sox uh, prospect, um, barring them tr- drafting well um, somebody in the first round um, in this upcoming draft. I could see this guy <laughs> jumping to the top uh, as their top uh, prospect this offseason. Yeah. Uh, is it some, something that uh, he is, you know, he keeps at kind of this level to something that you could see a mid-season promotion double A. You think they'll kind of keep him uh, in in high A for the whole year, kind of again given his age. He's like you said, he's just twenty years old. I don't see double A. I mean, I know that they pushed up Jose Rodriguez to double A last year, um, and Jose Rodriguez. We've talked about him on this podcast. He's he struggled this year so far, um, in you know as a twenty-one year old in double A. Uh, so hopefully the White Sox learned from that. Um, but then again, we're talking about the White Sox, who uh, will never hire me for a thing um, unless they want to be truthful about where they're at right now. Um, they, I know that they're a contender right now, but they bought that contention, um, whether it was through um, being bad and being able to, you know, pay for high signing bonuses, or um, you know, really hitting that Cuban market with uh, some high. Um, yeah. You know, if, yeah. if anything, we're going to say this, the White Sox do as well as anybody in Cuba and ha- obviously have a pipeline right now. So it's not a surprise yep. that their their top prospects, Brian Ramos or Yolque Cespedes or um, right. Norgi Berra, um, they're all Cuban players. So, yeah. you know. Hopefully, hopefully they get somebody out of uh, out of that. But like watching Yoque, uh, um, Cespedes, uh, and Jose Rodriguez, who were guys that are probably ahead of Brian Ramos on the on the hit prospect list for them. Uh, Brian Ramos is more exciting for me um, than those other two prospects. Yeah, good to hear. Um, as always, Chris, appreciate your uh, insights from the. In the field, again, taking out uh, uh, Royber Salinas, Vaughn Grissom, Andrew Dalkless, and Brian Ramos uh, this week. Uh, I know you're traveling the beginning of the week. Uh, what's mm-hmm. on tap What's on tap for you for the rest of the week? I'll probably be watching video um, 
at, at some point next weekend. Uh, I will not be uh, able to go to any games. A, there's no games around. I think I'm going to have a dry spot for the next two weeks uh, okay. because Birmingham comes to town uh, the next week, who that's Jose Rodriguez and Yoque Cespedes. And not necessarily a team I want to go see again, but if uh, you know one of the pitchers gets called up for my high A to uh, double A, uh, probably not going to be Andrew Dalquist. Uh, um, but if one of those guys gets called up, there's a chance that I would go see a game. But um, um, more than likely, I'll have to wait until uh, the next yeah. week. So this might be a very dry two weeks for me. Yeah, understood. How about um, you? I, uh, yeah, I may um, break my streak here and, and get out this week. I know that um, the uh, Jersey Shore high A team is coming to Wilmington this week. Um, and again, that's for me, that's the easiest and uh, uh, closest place to get to out of the parks that I visit. Um, so like, like you, uh, it will probably be, uh, there will probably be a lot of kind of just check-ins on uh, guys that I, uh, if I get there, guys that I've seen before, um, but depending what day, uh, I'll, I'll go, they've got a couple Phillies, they've got a couple pitchers and the, um, nationals, which is the Wilmington team, uh, has a couple guys that haven't seen yet either. So, uh, hoping that that can happen, uh, sometime this weekend, uh, is, can bring some, bring some good is, stuff back for us next week. Is Micka Bell a part of, uh, a part of Jersey Shore? Yep. Uh, yeah. he's throwing, he's throwing on the weekend. So I will, uh, yeah, I will, I will see about that because it's certainly one that I want to, uh, check out. Ethan Wilson is on that team also, um, as well as, um, uh, Johan Rojas, uh, a outfield prospect that, uh, I want to take a look at again also. Um, so that's, yeah, uh, that's is Baron Ratcliffe there? I'm sorry? Baron Ratcliffe? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, uh, yes, he is. Brian, Baron Radcliffe is there. I'm not doing that. Baron Radcliffe um, is there, too. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that man has some incredible power. He just has no hit tool. Um, just can't get I just, it. just can't get it. Right. Yeah. I mean, he looks so good. Like, as a, um, like you're, when you see him physically, you're like, oh my God, this guy's a monster. Yeah. Um, okay, well then I'll then I'll go to batting practice and and rave about Baron Radcliffe uh, for oh, an wow. hour or so until until I see him get in the game. Uh, but but uh, yeah, certainly be one that we'll check out. Thanks, Chris, and thanks to you for uh, all the listeners for this episode. Of the eyes have it. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, we'd really appreciate uh, if you could rate and review us uh, so others that can can find out about us about us. Um, if you'd like to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. You can e- email us, the show, at theeyeshaveit at baseballhq.com or reach out to us on Twitter. Chris is at C underscore blessing, and you can find me at Brent HQ. Um, again, have a great week, and we will talk to you soon.